5: Joe Biden's taking a long weekend off. Apparently, he's exhausted from destroying the U.S. economy and causing the worst military disaster in U.S. history. Yeah, that's your president of the United States of America. And if you don't realize that 13 fallen Marines fighting for your freedom got less recognition than George Floyd did in this country, you, my friend, I would argue, are the problem. Something else that's crazy that's happened is in New Zealand. They shut down the entire country over one COVID case. Let me say that again. They shut down the entire country over one COVID case. But they let a terrorist run free. That's how woke they are in New Zealand. New Zealand terrorist was known ISIS supporter who had planned attacks in the past. The man who planned an attack and carried it out. That man... The New Zealand terrorist was a known, quote unquote, ISIS supporter who had planned the attack in the past, was let free because they're so woke over there. But the entire country was shut down over one COVID case. Let that sink in. This is where we are in this country. And then there was a bunch of outrage this past week over the insanity that they called the American Taliban in Texas because... They actually defended the rights of the unborn there. I do have to say one thing about that real quick. It is pretty funny how quickly the left will throw logic completely out the window. You know, they're the people that have been screaming my entire life, decade after decade after decade after decade, my body, my choice, my body, my choice. They've been screaming that since 1970, basically, when the beginning of Roe v. Wade happened, actually the end of 69. My body, my choice. The same people that are saying that are the same people now that are saying round up the unvaccinated. Silence the unvaccinated. Keep the unvaccinated at home. Don't let them go to games. Don't let them do anything. And if you want to know what the Democrats were focusing on going into this weekend, Congressman Carlos Gimenez actually had this to say on Twitter, maybe one of the most brilliant tweets I've seen. How badly do Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats want to cover up this Afghanistan Afghanistan debacle? They just blocked members of Congress from reading the names of the service members who sacrificed their lives in Afghanistan last week. Don't you think our military deserves better? The Congressman wrote, he's absolutely right. Something else that's been going viral that I want to bring to your attention is and This may be one of the most brilliant points of perspective about what we have just done in Afghanistan. Someone posted, and it's gone viral, it's brilliant. It says, quote, even Forrest Gump knew to go back for Bubba and Lieutenant Dan. You want to know why we love that movie? That's one of the reasons why people love Forrest Gump the movie. And the person and whoever put that out there, even Forrest Gump knew to go back for Bubba and Lieutenant Dan, hit the nail on the head. And when you realize that in the United States of America, that we gave less recognition to the 13 American Marines that died fighting for our freedoms, and then the fact they got less recognition than George Floyd, you are, I would argue, the problem in this country. Now, I set all that out there to kind of lay the framework for where I'm about to go with this conversation. There is now a pregnant California woman who is stranded in Afghanistan. She went on Voice of America, and she now has said that the Taliban, who we're supposed to be doing deals with, the same Taliban that this Biden administration actually was dumb enough to give the names of every American and friend of America that we want to get out of the country at the airport. The same Taliban that's pulling women out in the street and killing them, beheading them. The same Taliban that's taking interpreters and killing them. A pregnant California woman stranded in Afghanistan is now claiming, and no one should be surprised by this claim, that the Taliban is actually hunting down Americans to kill them.
6: You know, I think to myself, like, am I gonna make it home? Am I gonna end up living here? Am I gonna end up dying here? What's gonna happen?
7: Twenty-five-year-old California native Nasria came to the Afghan capital in June to visit family and marry her longtime boyfriend. She and her new husband fled to the airport after the Taliban took control, but they never made it in.
6: It was so hard to just get on a flight. There was. There was a couple days where we had to sleep on streets. People were literally stepping over people. That's how bad it was.
7: After her booked flight home was canceled amid the chaos, she reached out to the State Department for help.
6: They told us, go to a certain location, you will be picked up. And this is from the State Department. You will get picked up, go there. And it was in the middle of the road across the airport. So we went there, waited an extra 12 to 13 hours with no food, no water, nothing.
7: She'd wave her passport. Yeah. They won't let us go. They're gassing us they're yeah? But day and night, the Taliban kept blocking her.
6: I was got gun pointed to my head. Our troops were literally at the gate, just waiting for us to continue walking. And they had blocked us. And there was a time where like, I went past them and I started walking as fast as I can. And they started shooting right by my leg and told me to come back or they would shoot me. Oh my God! That's how it was. And I've never in my life have ever been experienced anything like this.
5: This is an American. One of the hundreds and hundreds of Americans that we left behind. This is what they went through. And this is what their country did to them. This is what the Biden administration did to them. The State Department, they risked their lives to follow the orders of the State Department. I want you to imagine you go over there, you're an American citizen, you go to see family, friends, and to get married. And this is how it ends. Women's protests in Taliban-controlled Kabul has turned violent. Small group of Afghan uh, women who are incredibly brave decided to take the streets on Saturday to demand equal rights and the ability to participate in government. Taliban guards and some of them just decided to go beat the living hell out of them in the streets, and that's exactly what they did. We left these people behind to die. We left these people behind to be brutally murdered. And if you want to know what Joe Biden thinks about all this, Joe Biden won't answer your questions. In fact, Joe Biden refused to answer real questions about Afghanistan. And if you saw that press conference, it's unreal to watch. Now, it may be a smart political move, right? Because what are you going to say? How can, you, how can you defend your actions? How can you defend anything that happened? How can you defend any of what has just gone on? I, I would argue you can't. I would argue it's impossible to defend these actions. But we've left these people behind to die, and he's on vacation. On another vacation this weekend. is having a hard time getting out of Afghanistan, you'd be wrong. The Associated Press has just said the Taliban stopped multiple planes of evacuees from leaving. Quote, it's unclear why. Not a joke. Pilots of the Afghan airlines walked on the tarmac after landing at the international airport in Afghanistan. Today, at least four planes chartered to evacuate several hundred people seeking to escape the Taliban's takeover of Afghanistan have been unable unable to leave the country now for days, officials have confirmed. What's the president doing? He's vacationing. Conflicting accounts emerging about why the flights aren't able to take off as pressure ramps up on the United States to help those left behind flee the country. An Afghan official at the airport in the northern city said that the, quote, would-be passengers were, quote, Afghans, many of whom did not have passports or visas and thus are unable to leave the country. Nice job, Joe Biden. Way to leave all these interpreters and people that helped Americans behind to be slaughtered and beheaded and captured by ISIS for propaganda videos and Al Qaeda. He said they had left the airport while the situation was, quote, sorted out left or were they abducted? The top Republicans on the U.S. House Foreign Affairs Committee said that the group, including include Americans, And they were sitting on the planes, but the Taliban were not letting them take off, effectively holding them hostage. He did not say where the information came from. It was not immediately possible to reconcile the accounts, the Associated Press has said. The final days of America's 20-year war in Afghanistan were marked by an airlift at Kabul's airport to evacuate, quote, tens of thousands of people, Americans and their allies, who feared what the future would hold. And remember, we by the president's own mission, left 10% of the people behind. So the people that were left behind, what happens now? They ain't getting out as long as the Taliban's in charge. Remember, the U.S., quote, promised to continue working with the new Taliban rulers like they're different than the old Taliban rulers, which they're not, to get those who want to leave out. And the militants pledged to allow anyone with proper legal documentation to leave. Oh, well, that's a nice way of putting that. We can just change what legal documentation you need and then you can't leave. That's how you change things, right? That's how you do it differently. Representative Michael McCall of Texas told Fox News Sunday that American citizens and Afghan interpreters were being kept on the six planes. It's almost like they're just waiting there to die. The Taliban will not let them leave the airport, adding that he's worried they're going to demand more and more, whether it be cash or legitimacy as the government of Afghanistan He did not offer more details. The Afghan officially spoke on condition of you and I, of course, not knowing who they are because the sensitivity of the subject said it was four planes and their intended passengers were staying at hotels while authorities worked out whether they might be able to leave the country. The sticking point he indicated is that many did not have, quote, the right travel papers. Well, I mean, you could just change that every moment, every day, right? Let's go back to the California pregnant woman who had a gun pointed at her face and was shot at when she tried to leave the country with an American passport. Remember, the, the Biden administration said, hey, just just go to the airport. Just show the Taliban your American passport and everything will be fine. Didn't work out for her and her unburned child and her husband.
6: And there was a time where, like, I went past them and I started walking as fast as I can. And they started shooting right by my leg and told me to come back or they would shoot me. Oh my god! That's how it was. And I've never in my life have ever been experienced anything like this. It was like a movie scene. It was like coming. It was like. Literally a movie scene,
7: she says her husband an Afghan national even begged the Taliban to let her in the airport without him, but she refused to leave him.
6: I was not going to leave without my husband because I knew in my heart I was never going to you know, step a foot back in Afghanistan once I go home and I'm pregnant and definitely my child is going to need a father. I'm going to need a husband by my side.
7: Now that the US military is gone, Nasria says the Taliban are hunting Americans
6: and apparently they're going door to door from now trying to see, you know if anybody has a blue passport.
7: The State Department has told her to stay put and they will find a way to get her out, but she gets more discouraged with each passing day.
6: I'm going to be able to go home. Definitely lost some hope. If I was only 15 steps away from the airport and I was told people are going to come out of the airport to get me. So, what What hope
7: am I supposed to have now? Carla Babb, VOA News, The Pentagon.
5: I mean, this pregnant woman is from California, currently trapped in Afghanistan, claimed the Taliban's hunting Americans following the U.S. military withdrawal. The woman identified as. Naziria was among numerous other Americans still stranded in the country, the New York Post reported this morning. There have been days, you know, where I think to myself, am I going to make it home? Am I going to li- end up living here? Am I going to end up dying here? And she's not the only one. There's many others. The woman said "There, she is among... Up to 200 Americans still trapped in Afghanistan that she knows of. She said after the U.S. completed its military withdrawal on August the 31st, the Taliban began, quote, hunting Americans. She said, quote, they're going door to door now trying to see if anyone has a blue passport. She's 25. She said she traveled to Afghanistan in June to visit family and marry her Afghan national husband, but couldn't get a flight out after the Taliban took over Kabul last month. She described the chaotic scenes in the streets around the airport, saying everyone's trying to flee. We did exactly what we were told to do. We were told to go meet here. No one came for us. We were told to go somewhere else. No one came for us. State Department was telling us to go to specific areas where they would we would be met and escorted to an evacuation flight, and they never came. At one point, we were moments away from entering the airport, but the Taliban intervened. Our troops were literally at the gate, just waiting for us to continue walking, and they had blocked us. The extremist fighters refused to let her proceed, despite showing them her passport. Welcome to the Taliban, and welcome to... What life is like for Americans, the 10%, to quote Joe Biden, we left behind. I want you to think about the State Department. I want you to think about this president who, by the way, is on vacation right now. Where's Kamala Harris? I'm sure she's on vacation too. Think about how brilliant the Taliban may have been to let these planes fill up with Americans and and friends of America, Afghans, right? Think about how brilliant this may be. You see everybody get on the plane and what happens. You don't let the plane leave. You have a bunch of people on a plane that now you get to decide what happens in their future and if they were hiding you now know who they are. You now know who they are. You've got them. You've got the whole thing now. You got everybody. And you know everything that's going on. You've got it all, folks. You have all of it. All of these desperate people show up four large planes, and none of them are allowed to leave. None of them. None of them. If that isn't a bait and switch, I don't know what is. And you want to know what our president's doing to get them out? To protect those people sitting on the plane, not a damn thing. What happens if they just round all those people up? They say, oh, they're they're staying in hotels. What if they're in prisons? What if they become the disappeared ones that we never see again, that we literally got to the airport, put them on a plane, and now they're dead? Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi
3: Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast.
0: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or
5: wherever you get your podcasts. These are what heroes are. U.S. Special Ops veterans have formed their own squad, traveled to Kabul for extremely dangerous rescue mission. This volunteer group of American veterans launched a final mission Wednesday night, dubbed Pineapple Express, to help hundreds of members of Afghan elite forces and their families reach safety. The group dubbed Task Force Pineapple. Operate in darkness to help those at risk. The story of this is now just coming out. As a Thursday morning, the group said it had roughly had brought as many as 500 Afghan special operators, assets and enablers and their families into the airport in Kabul overnight, handing each of them over to the protected custody of the U.S. military. The number added to more than 130 others over the past. Operated in darkness to help those at risk. The story of this is now just coming out. As of Thursday morning, the group said it had roughly had brought as many as 500 Afghan special operators, assets and enablers and their families into the airport in Kabul overnight, handing each of them over to the protected custody of the U.S. military. The number added to more than 130 others over the past 10 days who have been smuggled into the airport and circled by the Taliban fighters since the capital fell. To the extremists on August 16 by Task Force Pineapple, an ad hoc group of current and former U.S. Special Operators, aid workers, intelligence officers, and others with experience in Afghanistan who banded together to save as many Afghan allies as they could. The group was led by Army Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann, who leads an organization called Rooftop Leadership. Mann is a t- retired Green Beret commander. He said, quote, we made a commitment to get them out, and this is our chance to do the right thing. And I'm telling you, if we don't, Brianna, referring to the person on CNN interviewing him, it's going to haunt us for a very, very long time. It's incredible. I want you to hear a little bit more about their story, which should have gotten a lot more press than it actually has. You know, these are the types of stories, and I hope one day this is made into a movie, because these are heroes. They're doing an amazing thing. The same thing their U.S. military can do and should have done, but Joe Biden told them not to do it. So these guys had to go rogue. Had to go rogue, folks. I I want you to think about that. They were forced to go rogue. Our government could have done exactly what these brave men did and women did.
8: Now to the helpers, thousands of American soldiers, veterans, and former contractors mobilizing to save the lives of Americans and Afghans in Kabul. They have come up with many names to describe these unofficial missions that they are conducting, but one is called Task Force Pineapple. After Pineapple was used as a password to rescue an Afghan who helped American forces. The password has since changed. The mission of the group has not. And joining me now to discuss it is retired Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann. Uh, He served as a Green Beret. He is an Afghan war veteran and he is a member. Of Task Force Pineapple. So, um, Scott, this is one look. There's so many of these groups I've heard of.
4: So we, as a small group of uh, of special operators, retired and active duty, who uh, mobilized to put, get out one Afghan commando uh, who was in severe duress, along with his family. And you know, one of the things that I want to point out, Brianna, and you, you probably know this, is that so many there's no, not much talk about our Afghan partners, the special operations forces. You know, there's this narrative that the Afghan forces quit fighting. They didn't quit fighting. In fact, they mobilized harder than ever, and they were holding the line even after their president abandoned them, even after senior leaders in that country left. They kept fighting, and these are people that are going to be summarily executed along, you know, and terrorized along with. So we came together and formed a public private partnership, and it's happening everywhere to to do really what the government is not doing. I know the last report said tens of thousands flown out, but there are tens of thousands more in severe duress who are counting on us to get them out and we need to do it.
8: Okay, so there are so many people, we see them in pictures outside of the airport and then there are so many more who are holed up in Kabul and outside of Kabul. But you've heard the new reporting this morning, it appears that folks who are special immigrant visa holders or they're eligible to be holders, they're eligible to, you know, have this relief from the U.S., they're not being allowed now into the airport. What does that mean, and do you worry that they have now been cut off maybe entirely from getting relief?
4: I absolutely worry about that. I worry about that as, as our credibility as a nation. Uh, I would implore the Biden administration to consider that. There are tens of thousands of uh, combat veterans, U.S. combat veterans right now, with a large chunk of the American people behind them saying this is the right thing to do. These people stood up for us, not just our the interpreters, but the Afghan Special Operations Forces, women judges, uh, women who worked in the bureaucracy. Uh, we made a commitment to get them out, and this is our chance to do the right thing. And I'm telling you, if we don't, Brianna, it's going to haunt us for a very, very long time.
8: How so? I mean, I, how, when I've heard that from... By,
5: by the way, I, I love Brianna Keeler here at CNN. Like, what an idiot. How so? What, what do you mean, how so? We made a commitment to get them out. I'm telling you, if we don't, it's going to haunt us for a very, very long time. And you're dumb enough to ask the question. How so? What do you think? If the people you promised to get out that helped you and helped save your life when you were there, okay, when you're there, I mean, and these people you you promised to get them out and you don't get them out, and then they die, that answers itself. You idiot. I mean, I, I'm sorry. It's a joke. It's embarrassing. Sidon's like, well, how? How so? How, how so? Tell me how. Why would it haunt you? I've heard other people say that. Why? Why would? Why would it haunt you? Because you gave them their word, and if you don't get them out, they 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 very well could be dead. And you ask something this stupid. How so? Why would you be haunted?
8: So many veterans who say. You know, this isn't just about doing the right thing for the past. It also matters for the future. Can you explain that?
4: Absolutely. We're developing a real nasty precedent in the United States for abandoning indigenous partners when we go to places. The Montagnards in Vietnam, the Kurds in Iraq, and this most latest thing with the Afghan people. And the world watches that on two levels. One, look at the overtures that China is starting to make with Taiwan. I mean, you they look at the Baltic states on that level, but also, you know, when another event happens and we know it will and we need to work with partner nations, what do you think they're going to be thinking about when we leave tens of thousands of people who we committed to help sitting on an airport or at an airport gate waiting to be executed? I mean, you, you don't get a relationship mulligan on something like that. And, and, I, and I just really hope while we're there, the Biden administration will reconsider that push a corridor out. Let's get those folks out of there. It can be done, and we can switch the momentum if we'll just commit to doing it. There's already private-public partnerships that are doing amazing work to help with this. This is a chance to bring the American people together in a way that hasn't been done in a very long time, and I really believe that's what the American people want.
8: Yeah, look, a lot of those planes that went out, especially on Saturday, were charter flights, right? So we know that there are a lot of efforts by people outside of the military.
5: How sick is it that the United States of America... And, and I will give Brandon Killer a little bit of credit. At least she told the truth on that one. The majority of the planes that got out on that day were charter flights, meaning private people paid for the flights because the United States government couldn't do it, and they did it because they refused to do it, which is disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting that the Biden administration left these people behind. You know, the Secretary of State was asked a very simple question, a question that all of us should, should deserve to get an answer from. The Secretary of State was asked a question, hey, have any Americans actually gotten out of Afghanistan since we left? Now, the, you would think that the Secretary of State, knowing that there are many people that are family members, are watching him, okay? And they're watching to see what's going on with America. They're watching to see what's gonna happen with America. And he's asked this question. This is Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, asked a simple question by the media, and this is his response. He literally doesn't answer and walks away.
2: Thank you all. Commissioner,
5: clarify no American has made it out? Is that are answering? No American has made it out. Is that what you're saying? Listen again. Thank you all. clarify? No American has made it out? Is I want to clarify. is no American made it out? And what does he do? He walks off the stage. I can tell you one thing. You know, after seeing this, and, and let's go back to what happened, for example, um, in Benghazi, I, I'm not sure I'd want to work for the U.S. government right now. I I am not sure I'd want to. I, I'm really, I'm, I, I'm not sure. Because they'll leave anybody behind. They don't give a crap. This administration just doesn't care. The Biden administration is worse than the Obama administration. They just don't care. If it doesn't fit into what they're, moment decision of that moment is like joe biden like hey i gotta take a nap hey i'm on vacation you can die just because they're not even paying attention
2: more than a movie is back with season two i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia
4: he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of fredo and the coldness of michael